Welcome back to your weekly dose of serotonin. I am your host, Sarah, and I genuinely almost just said welcome back to another daily dose of serotonin, or I think I said daily. Did I say weekly when I first started? I don't know now if I've said it correctly every single time I start and end a podcast episode. I'm questioning myself and I could just delete this and restart over because it's only been like 30 seconds, but already it just seems like too much work. So we're just going to keep going. Um, we'll try it again. Welcome back to your weekly dose of serotonin. There we go. Nailed it. I'm your host, Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about the Olympics, specifically the winter Olympics, because that's what's coming up. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love timing my episodes in with something that's happening at the moment. Um, she is the moment. Isn't that, isn't that a quote? Um, I feel like I've seen it on Tumblr before. I think it's from like the Wendy Williams show. Isn't that it? She is the moment. I feel like she was talking about like Peppa Pig or something ridiculous, but I could be wrong. Um, hold on. I need to look up the whole phrase. She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. What a good, what a good quote. Um, It was Wendy Williams, I was correct. If I didn't already tell you that I was correct, I am, as usual. Um, Anyway, like I said before, we're talking about the Olympics. And I will say that I generally enjoy the Summer Olympics more than Winter Olympics, just because I really enjoy the sports in Summer Olympics. I mean, you've got soccer, which I love. You've got gymnastics, swimming. Those are usually my favorites. Um, I mean, but they've got like all the good stuff too. Baseball. Basketball is not really my jam, but a lot of people enjoy it. And they've got a lot of different like, don't they have like three on three or something like that basketball? Like they have like different kinds of basketball. Um, They had surfing at the last one, which was very enjoyable. I really liked that. And rock climbing was really cool, too, um, at the Tokyo Olympics. Anyway, I know there's some big uh, summer ones that I am forgetting right now. Like, I like all the marathons, like the triathlons, decathlons, heptathlons. Um, All of those I enjoy watching. Track and field just in general is fun. You know, there's a lot of great stuff summer has to offer, but I do enjoy winter too. I love the Olympics. The Olympics is my favorite time of the year every two years. <laughs> um, even if it's winter, I'm still going to get down. I'm still going to watch everything. I'm still going to be super excited. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, it's going to be starting next Friday for those of you who don't know. So it will begin on Friday, February 4th, and goes until Sunday, February 20th. So, got a long time to watch. I'm very excited. However, I probably won't get to watch as much. I'm just probably going to be busier in February than I was over the summer. So, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going to just be able to kind of, like, have it up in the background as I work all month long, like I was able to for summer. Like, that was the best. I seriously probably watched every single sport, at least a portion of it. And it was incredible. Um, so I'm kind of bummed about that, but I guess I'll recover. I'll have to, right? I'll have to survive, but it's going to be difficult. Um, 
apparently, I just looked up the Olympics because I was going to go into what sports they're doing. Because you know how they like sometimes introduce new sports or get rid of old ones. I was going to go into that and, um, you know, make some commentary on it. But I just saw an article that I'm intrigued and want to read now, um, like right now, that says the unbearably ugly Chinese uniforms go viral. It's in like a, it was like, it's like a Chinese South, South China morning post. It was the first thing that came up when I looked up Beijing Olympics. Anyway, it says the unbearably ugly Chinese uniforms go viral as social media users mock victory ceremony designs. Which is, that's pretty, um, that's pretty bold, I guess, because to be honest, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of national uniforms of various countries are kind of hideous. Um, look, I know that what's his face, Ralph Lauren, um, always does our what am I saying? I got distracted because I just looked up Ralph Lauren for some reason. I mean, I know why, because I was speaking about it. Um, but anyways, he always designs, well, not probably him as a human, but like his company. Don't they always design the, um, the close opening and closing ceremony outfits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm correct. Ralph Lauren outfits the U.S. Team USA for the ninth Olympics. They've been doing it since 2008 and the Paralympics since 2008 as well. So that was in October 2021. I would assume that they're going to do it again for the Winter Olympics. Oh, hey. <laughs> they're talking about unveiling the Team USA's closing ceremony outfits. So they are doing 2022. I would like to see what it is, though. Um, ugh, an advertisement. Hold on. Um, they're not horrible. I did not like the, I did not like last year's opening ceremony. I don't remember what they were, but I just remember being like unimpressed. I mean, could I have designed better? Probably not. But like they just lean into the polo vibe a little too much and they all just, they always just look like rich kids from the Hamptons. Well, either that or they just look completely ridiculous. There's really no in between, I feel like. It looks like they didn't mess up winter clothes too much. They're going with like a plaid pattern on a like puffy jacket and the boots are actually kind of cool. I enjoy them. I would wear this outfit. You know, if I was a, if I was a national athlete going to the Winter Olympics, I'd wear it. Um anyway, back to the I want to know why the the closing or the metal ceremony outfits are unbearably ugly. Oh, okay. It's not what the athletes are wearing. It's going to be what the staff wears since obviously the Olympics are being held in Beijing. Um, it says that the costumes worn by staff during the metal ceremonies will be unbearably ugly. Apparently... Someone said that they're trying to incorporate traditional Chinese cultural elements, which I think is cool. There's not really a good picture of what they're going to look like. Um, so I guess you'll just have to keep an eye out and, and see if you think that 
what the staff is wearing during the ceremonies is unbearably ugly or not. So keep your eyes peeled. I sure will. Um, but anyways, let's go into really discussing the Olympics. I'll be honest. I don't have any like fun anecdotes, obviously about the Olympics. I've never been before. I've always wanted to go, but you know, they're expensive. And also I don't know anyone who's going. My niece is a swimmer and she said that if she goes to the Olympics, I told her that the first person she has to thank if she gets a medal is me. And she told me that she would. So she said that before she says anything about her parents or anything, she's just going to be like, I was able to make it to this moment. Thanks to my aunt, Sarah. Will she actually do that if she makes it to the Olympics? I don't know. I've got about 10 more years probably to really convince her of the fact before she's really like eligible to go. Um, I'm really hoping that's the case. She has told me she's going to move in with me when she graduates from high school, not because she like has a bad relationship with my sister. Sorry if you're listening to this to my sister. She loves you obviously. Um, but my niece just thinks I'm really cool. So it's fine. Um, yeah, basically I guess if she goes to the Olympics or if any of my other nieces or nephews go to the Olympics for any reason, then you can count me in. I would sell my soul to be there. Genuinely, genuinely, I was about to send a video message to Satan saying, listen up, I'll sell my soul to you. But then I realized that might be crossing a line. So I'm not going to actually say it seriously. That's a huge joke. That's a joke for anyone listening. Just, just kidding. Um, Okay. Now I really want to see what the sports are. But what I'm looking at is just like the bidding process. And I don't really care about that. Apparently Norway, Kazakhstan, 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 whatever. I'm, it probably depends on, I was going to say it probably depends on if you live there or not, or like with the language, depending on how you pronounce it. But it's probably actually called something different in the original language, you know? Um, anyway, and China were the final candidates and it ultimately went to Beijing and it says the estimated budget for the games this year is 3.9 billion US dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, but apparently it's less than one tenth of the $43 billion China spent on the 2008 summer Olympics which were also held in Beijing, um, which is insane to me, except for maybe they can, maybe they were able to convert some of those spaces to use again. Like I know some people are like, wow, China's had it several times. Um, and they have, however, I think that's smart. Like, okay. Obviously sometimes the Olympics can bring an influx in tourism, which can be great for a country, And I do know that Japan had a really hard time because they spent so much money on the Tokyo Olympics and then had to put it off. And then when they finally were able to do it, there were, you weren't allowed to have anyone there to watch. So obviously there was no tourism. Obviously the, the athletes would have brought in some money, um, just cause like as you're paying for food and stuff like that, or But even then, they weren't able to go around and be tourists even after the games. And I know some athletes have done that past Olympics. They've said that they, like, stay around for the whole two weeks and will 
watch whether they're like if they are participating in the first week then the second week they'll stay and watch other competitions other games whatever and also like go and explore the city a little bit but even but in the Tokyo one they weren't even allowed to do that because after they were done they had like 48 hours to leave the Olympic Village or something like that I don't remember but it was pretty quick turnaround so I know that Tokyo was severely hurting after those Olympics just because they spent so much money like it costs a lot of money to construct all of these buildings and make the space that you need to have all of those competitions take place obviously I'm probably not telling you guys anything you don't already know but I feel really bad because Japan lost a lot of money over the Olympics. From what I heard, that was the estimation. Like the estimation was that they'd lose like millions and millions, possibly even billions of dollars due to it. I did not actually look into it after the Olympics. So maybe there was some sort of miracle, but I doubt it. I know that they definitely lost some money and probably quite a bit of money. Anyway, so I do think that sometimes putting all of that money into these new buildings, these new spaces, whatever. And then afterwards, like it's just like a one and done situation. Usually some countries are able to convert them into other things that they can use later on, like stadiums for like concerts or things like that. But a lot of times I have, I've like seen, I saw a documentary or something on some somewhere. <laughs> Possibly Brazil. I don't remember where it was. But it was one of the Olympic stadiums. And it was just like unused. Because they had no. They just had no use for it. And so they spent millions of dollars constructing this building. And then never used it again. So I just feel like sometimes. It's actually not that great for some countries. That don't have the money to pour into this and then you have you might have if there's not a global pandemic happening you might have a massive influx in tourism at that time but even then afterwards now you're just left with these massive massive open spaces or stadiums or whatever that you don't really have any reason to use so I really think that going back to some of the same places and reusing those buildings would kind of help in the long run. Um, I just feel like there would be like a lot less waste. But I do also get the tourism aspect and like the like getting to see a new country or a new culture or you know having a different country experience that. I do see the benefit in that. So at least I guess at least the decision is not up to me because I don't know that I'd be able to easily decide something like this, but that could be a big reason as to why it's not going to cost as much money because they're just like repurposing some of the things that they already built during the 2008 Summer Olympics. But I'm just wildly guessing and I don't really want to do further research on that. So we're just going to pretend that I'm right about that and we're just going to move on. Uh, okay, so there's going to be 109 events over 15 disciplines in seven sports. Why does that seem like that's not a lot? Like, are there usually not that many sports in the Winter Olympics? Because 
how many sports, I'm looking up how many sports are in the Summer Olympics versus Winter Olympics. I know that, I do know that, um, I mean, maybe I'm just making this up, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be more in the Summer Olympics just because it seems like there's more summer sports in general. But, okay, so the 2020 Summer Olympics had 33 sports. Yeah, and it says the 22 will only include, well, it just includes seven. So that seems like, that just seems like very few. It has, it says that there's sometimes 15 sports. There are 15 disciplines, I guess. So maybe, I guess, maybe they're just saying like ice sports and then like ski sports. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the, like even the disciplines though, that like, 15 disciplines still doesn't seem like a lot to me, to be honest. But I guess I don't know a lot about snow or winter sports. So maybe that's normal and I'm just crazy. Anyway, this the sports slash disciplines that they will be competing in. The biathlon is going. Is that the one where they like ski and then have to like shoot a gun or something? And it's so weird to me. Yeah, this one makes me laugh. Cross-country skiing and rifle shooting. Who, like, why, why did that, why did that become a thing? Let's see. I'm looking up the, the history for it, so you don't have to. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the biathlon is rooted in the skiing traditions of Scandinavia, where early inhabitants revered the Norse god, Older? Hold on. I'm looking that up. I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Okay. So basically it has the phonetic pronunciation, but I was really bad. I took a class in college um, that was, it was about phonetics. I don't remember what the actual name was, but I was very bad at it. It was very interesting But it was then that I realized, not that I had ever really wanted to be, but it was then that I realized that I could never, ever be like a speech therapy person because I could not remember all of those symbols. I like a lot. Some of them just did not make sense to me. It was very difficult. The only reason I passed that class is because my professor was very, 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 very nice. And she legitimately gave us our exams And we could take them home and do them and study them and do whatever. And then when we came back to class, it was not an open note test. But she gave us the exact same exam on exam day. And so if we had done the work on those exams before, we knew all of the answers already. So I would go to a study group that the super, super, super smart girl in the class held and like she always held them before our exams. So I would always go. I did not even know her. I did not even speak to her during class. Not like on purpose. She just had like a different group of friends. But she told everybody when the study group was and was like, anyone can come. So I showed up. I had my friend Brittany in that class. We were always at her study groups. And she would like explain everything to us. But I legit was just like copying down everything she said. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But to be honest, I don't even care at this moment because I'm just going to straight up memorize this entire exam. And that is how I'm going to pass this class. 
So I did not learn anything. I just memorized every single answer on the exams. And Brittany and I would straight up just quiz each other like, what's number one? And we'd be like, okay, so on the first line, you write this. Then on the second line, you write this. Then on the third line. And we couldn't even like, we didn't even know what some of the things were called. We were just like making up our own names for some of the stuff we had to do. And yeah, I learned nothing, but I did pass the class. I'm pretty sure I got an A on it and it's 100% do that girl. And I don't remember her name. I'm very sorry. I remember what she looks like. She had glasses. I could describe her for you, but I don't remember her name, but she saved my life. Well, she saved me my life in that class. There was also a guy who sat next to me in that class that I had kind of a crush on. Not really. Cause I didn't really talk to him that much, but I thought he was attractive. So I was like more just infatuated with him. Um, and obviously nothing happened. <laughs> I talk. I did talk to him a couple times, but like there was no love connection, sadly. So I do remember his name, but that is confidential information. Actually, it's not, I just, it doesn't matter. So I'm just not going to share it anyway. So back to Scandinavia, the biathlon. So it was, they revered this Norse god who was the ski god and the hunting god. And then they, the activity developed into a sport that was like an exercise for Norwegian people as an alternative training for the military. Wow, there were Norwegian skiing regiments that like were in like, there were like military skiing contests. So that's kind of cool. Now I kind of dig this sport because I like because of the history is really cool. I just thought someone was like, hey, you know, it'd be fun. Let's stick someone on skis and then make them shoot. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking would happen. Sounded like an American thing. But seeing this history behind it, I realize it's definitely not an American thing because we don't really have a history in general in the United States, but it's fine. Um so the in the military skiing contest, it was divided into four classes. You shot at a mark while skiing at top speed, which seems very dangerous. <laughs> then it, there was downhill a downhill race amongst trees, a downhill race on big hills without falling, and a long race on flat ground while carrying a rifle and military pack. Um, that sounds pretty fun. I feel like that would be like a fun day at the military. <laughs> academy or training camps or whatever like hey everybody we're doing we're doing our little skiing contests they would probably get pretty intense anyways so basically the biathlon is a civilian variant of those old military exercises and when did it join the olympics oh okay pretty pretty early on so it looks like it was in there in like the 1920s and Norway and Finland were always strong competitors. Makes sense for Norway, especially. And then in 1948, I guess it was like kicked out of the Olympics, but then it was reaccepted in 1955. Anyway, so looks like that's how it started. So that's cool. That's kind of fun. Maybe I'll watch it this time. Anyway, so there's the biathlon, then there's bobsledding. So there's the bobsleigh and which cool runnings. I always just think of that for bobsledding. And that's such a good movie. 
I don't really know anyone who doesn't like Cool Runnings. I'm sure those people exist, but who are you? Because it's a really fun movie. Um, And the last part always makes me emotional. I mean, I don't want to give you guys spoilers if you haven't seen it. But the very ending, there's like this poignant, touching moment that you always get in a sports movie. Though this one is based on a true story. And it makes me tear up. But I do tear up in most movies. And TV shows and books. And sometimes even commercials and songs. (laughs) I am a just very emotional person and I cry very easily. So it's fine. Um, The other discipline in the bobsledding sport is skeleton, which is kind of terrifying. What's the one? Skeleton is on your stomach or your back? Isn't there like... What's the one that's the other way? Aren't <laughs> there two? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, okay, so skeleton is face down, head first. The luge. Is that what I'm thinking of? Bobsleigh is... Or bobsled team. That's the one with the four man of... That's... The four people on the team. And then it was also introduced as a two-person team. Anyway. Okay, the luge, I think, is what I'm thinking of. Where they lay on their back and go feet first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm correct. Yes, I am. But why is it not in... Why is it not in the new one? Why did they get rid of it for Beijing? I'm going to look that up for you guys. I know you guys are desperate for an answer. Beijing Luge. There was a crash. Yikes. Okay, let me look into this. It seems like there's something dramatic here. Looks like there was, so the organizers of the Beijing Winter Olympics said training protocols have been changed following a luge accident on November 8th, 2021, that badly injured one of Poland's top hopes for the event. So people, I guess, have been able to go to Beijing before to train on the track. Um, So this person who I will not try to say their name, sadly, but this Polish athlete was traveling 50 to 60 kilometers, which is 31 to 37 miles per hour. I did not know that off the top of my head. They have a conversion in this article that I'm reading. Um, During a test run on the Olympic track. Maybe this was like for qualifications. I don't know. But he hit a barrier on the track, sustained several fractures, cuts, and bruises. The 25-year-old was taken to a local hospital for surgery. Um, The track should have been cleared of all barriers before any test run as required by standard safety measures. But apparently something did not happen. There was some sort of miscommunication or something, but it was not cleared of all barriers before this um, test run, which is sad. I'm trying to see if what then happened, because it's not listed as a sport, but that seems weird if they were just like, okay, we're going to pull it now. You know what I mean? So maybe that's going to be there. It doesn't, it's not listed in this article that I'm reading, which could be like, 
not accurate because it's on Wikipedia. So I'm just actually going to go to Olympics.com because they will at least tell me. Oh, it is listed. Okay, I'm getting out of I'm getting out of Wikipedia, you guys. I'm sorry. I should have learned by now that this is not Wikipedia is not always a reliable source. Okay, let me list off the sports: alpine skiing, biathlon, bobsleigh. Okay, we did not cover alpine skiing, but that's fine. I don't think there's anything else we need to say about it. Cross country skiing, which that seems exhausting. Can I just tell you? That seems so exhausting. Anything that has cross country in the title, I'm not interested in participating in that. Obviously, no one's asking me to, but I'm just putting it out there. Anything that says cross country, not a fan. I had to run when I was in ninth grade. I was asked to be on the track team, and it was really just because I was on the volleyball team in my freshman year of high school. And then obviously volleyball season was over, but I still had sixth period PE, which is the way that a lot of schools do that. When you play a sport, you have sixth grade P or sixth period PE at school. So then it's like your last class of the day and you just start on practice when you get there. So like your last class is PE, you go in, you change, you start on practice and then the bell rings and everybody else gets to go home, but then you just stay after and keep practicing for a little while. Anyway, um, so I was, I still had sixth period PE cause that's like all the athletes would just stay in that for the whole semester or year or whatever. And, but I was only doing volleyball. I wasn't doing another sport. And, um, the assistant coach for volleyball was also the like head track coach. So she asked me if I would, she like basically asked the whole volleyball team if we would also join the track team because they didn't have enough people on the track team. So even though I hate running with a passion, I had to do it. And then not that I think that I'd be really fast enough to qualify as a sprinter, but I was definitely a better sprinter than long distance, but I was sick that the the day that I did sprinting time trials. So I didn't even get a tryout for it. Uh, so I got put in long distance and because I have long legs, they put me in the two mile competition. Also they didn't have anyone else to compete in that section. So they just put me there and it was the most miserable few months of my life. I'm not even kidding. It was miserable. I was so much slower than everyone else. Everyone else that I was competing against, like genuinely actually wanted to be like cross country or track people even like continuing on in high school and college. And I definitely didn't. I hated it. I hated everything about it. Practice was awful all the time. I was like for sure like the slowest person. And like I've gotten over the embarrassment of being the slowest person, but like I still remember how exhausted I was all the time. And it just made me hate running even more. The only time that I got like a good time was when, and I didn't, I still didn't even win. But the only time I got a good time was when they lost track of how many times I had gone around. And so they were like, oh, you're done. And inside I was like, I don't think I am. Like, I think I have one more lap to do. But I like was coming in at around the same time as all of the other girls where usually I like trailed back like half of a track length. Um, Anyways, and they were like, oh my gosh, you did so great. And inside I was like, I'm pretty sure I definitely did not finish that race actually. But, you know, they counted it, and I wasn't going to argue because I was not about to get back out on the track and go around again. So, 
I guess there's going to be no inspirational Olympic movie about me. Well, for a lot of reasons, mostly because I'm never going to the Olympics, but also just because I'm clearly obviously dishonest in my athletics because I was not about to argue when they pulled me off that track. I was like, great. I didn't like place. I was not in the top three, which is very sad. That tells you how slow of a runner I am when I was not even in the top three and I still hadn't done a lap. Like these girls were lapping me. I kid you not on a regular basis. It was exhausting and terrible. And I'm going to probably have nightmares about it tonight. I have not accessed that memory in quite some time. And now that I have, I think it's bringing up a lot of, um, a lot of terrible moments from that experience. So anyway, I don't remember my coach's name anymore. I'm telling you, I have forgotten like all of my, like everyone. I don't, I don't remember any names. Head empty. I don't remember any names ever anymore coach something (laughs) I remember the head volleyball coach's name coach well maybe I shouldn't say her name but because I'm about to say something scandalous I do remember her name because she was kind of crazy and also because when I was there I went to a junior high so it was ninth or seventh eighth and ninth and she and the head football coach they seemed real close Both of them were married to other people, though my volleyball coach constantly the head volleyball coach, not the assistant coach who, even though she made me do track, I still love her because she was a really great person. But the head volleyball coach, she always talked terribly about her husband. Like she was always complaining about him, which even like then at the time, I was like, why are you telling a bunch of 14 year olds all of your marital issues? And, but looking back, it's, I realized it was definitely, definitely super inappropriate for her to be bringing that up with her students. But anyway, um, she like flirted with him all the time and he reciprocated. And I knew his wife because she was like the sports photographer for our school. So she would always come and take all the pictures, especially for the yearbook and stuff for every team. And she was the nicest person ever. She was so sweet and whatever, but it's not like any of us were going to be like, Hey, I think your husband is flirting with the volleyball coach because we were also kids. So we were like, "Mm, maybe we're just reading into things. But then like three years later, after I'd gone to high school, um, I was talking, or maybe it was actually only like a year later. I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was two years later. I was talking to someone and like the year previously. So like the year right after I had left, um, they told me that, it like came out that those two coaches were having an affair. I don't know for how long. So I don't know if it was going on while I was there or if it started and was discovered very quickly. I don't know. I did not really ask for those details, which looking back now, I don't know why I didn't ask for those details. Cause usually I would, but I didn't, or maybe I did and they just didn't know. Basically those two were caught having an affair and I think one of them either got fired or quit or something. Um, which like, I guess if they were having an affair off campus, I don't know that the school could do anything about it. So I don't know if it was on campus or if someone just like quit just cause it was awkward. But anyway, both of them ended up getting divorced from their spouses at the time, but I don't think like they got together. Like, I think it was just like this whole tragic thing. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the, <laughs> Cross-country skiing just made me think of that whole situation. So that's fun. 
That was a fun little tangent. Remember how I told you guys that I was going to try possibly trying to do like a story time with Sarah segment on like weeks where I didn't have a lot to say about a certain topic. Um, it looks like that was the first unofficial story time with Sarah because that was a tangent completely unrelated to what we're talking about. But I mean, that's also to be expected because even if my normal conversations, I go on unrelated tangents on a regular basis. So that's just what you get with me. It's fine. People love that about me. Probably. Um, moving on with the sports, they have curling, which is great. Um, I have a friend who, when I was in China, he, he was not from China. He was from the United States and was still in the United States, but we had both gotten really into curling, like right before I left, I think, was it that maybe it was like the winter beforehand, but then it was just busy. Anyway, we were like, Hey, we should take curling classes. So, but there was no time. And then I went for, went to China and, um, while I was there, we would text and stuff pretty often. And we were like, yeah, let's do a curling class when I get back because I was going to be getting back in like January. Um, so we're like, that's fine. We can like find a curling class somewhere. Like it'll still be like winter time. So there'll still be like winter sports and everything going on. Um, so we were making these plans and then he like started to like text me less and less which was like fine. I was pretty busy. It's not like I was like super upset about it. Um, but I did notice that later on, I was like, wait, I haven't talked to him in a while. Like, I wonder what's going on. But I was also like, "Mm, whatever, I'll just talk to him when I get back in a few months. And then when I got back, I found he was like, found out he's like seriously dating someone, which is also fine. Um, like good for him. I did not have a crush on him or anything. I really didn't. I know the way that I said that made it sound like I was like, I didn't have a crush on him or anything, but like I genuinely didn't. Um, so it wasn't like I was jealous. I was more just mad because I was like, he probably is not going to do a curling class with me now unless she also does it with us, which was fine. But, um, he was just like really busy dating. So, and then he got married to her. So congrats to them. But I'm still mad because I didn't ever do the curling class. And I should have just done it without him. I should just still do it, actually. I'm going to look into that. Um, I would be very, very bad at it. I'd probably be slipping and sliding everywhere. I'm not bad at figure skating. But curling, because you're, like, on shoes. That, like, you have to, like, slide on them. I just feel like I would... And I have a, I don't have any core strength at all. And you kind of have to have it to like keep yourself up as you're like sliding forward on the like one leg basically. So I think that I'd be really bad at it, which is fine. It's not like I'm, you know, planning on competing in the Olympics and curling, though that would be cool. But yeah, anyway, curling is cool. Figure skating is my favorite though. Figure skating is the best part of the Winter Olympics and I'm just always a fan. It's so beautiful and I love their outfits and their choreography and it's just great. And whenever I'm watching it, I feel like I like am critiquing stuff that I don't even know. Like I'm like, Ooh, good job. It's like similar to gymnastics where they'll like land something. I'm like, Whoa, that was amazing. And they're like, that was not great. That was not good at all. Or they'll like twirl, like twirl around a bunch of times. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And they're like, Ooh, they dropped one twirl out of that. Should have been four and a half and it was only three and a half. That's going to cost them some points. I don't even know. Can you turn around four and a half times like in the air? Because I know there's like a triple axel. What's a lux? Isn't like a, 
isn't that's different though, isn't it? Like a triple a triple lux, isn't that something? I feel like they throw that term around. Um, I just looked up triple lux and <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of uh lipstick just came up. So um <laughs> there's a real chance that I don't know at all what I'm talking about. That's fine. Triple Lutz. Oh my gosh. Wow, I'm so stupid. Look, I thought it was like L-U-X-E because it just kind of sounded like Lutz Lux. It sounds similar. And also it just sounded fancier. <laughs> a triple Lutz. Um, or is it Lux? Maybe someone's... Nope, nope, it's Lutz. <laughs> um, it's the second most difficult jump in figure skating. That's cool. But like, tell me what it is. Anyone who's listening who knows anything about ice skating is probably really frustrated with me as I learn stuff in real time. It's just like telling me it's a topic assisted jump with an entrance from a back outside edge and landing on the back outside edge of the opposite foot. Okay, okay. So Axel, you go up and land on the same foot, lets you jump up on one and land on the other, but you're twirling around different times so there's a single double triple and quadruple lutz so there is a quadruple anyway um okay so figure skating is good freestyle skiing i don't know what that is is that like the fun jumps that's snowboarding though freestyle skiing what are you Freestyling skiing is ski cross, half pipe, and slope style. So yeah, like cool, fun things. I always enjoy that. I kind of, I really enjoyed skateboarding, to be honest. I know some people said that some parts of skateboarding was kind of boring. But overall, I thought it was kind of cool. Also because the outfits that the skateboarders wore, or uniforms, I guess you would say, um, were really cool. Like they looked so cool. Like the girl from Brazil, the Brazilian team skateboarding team had the coolest in my opinion the coolest uniforms and there was this one girl who was like 13 and I remember seeing a picture of her and I was like she's cooler than I will ever be she's 13 years old and she just like has this vibe that I will never even come close to matching and that's okay I'm okay with it uh but I just really realized that in that moment that there are young teens that are way cooler than I will ever be in this life. So that was just a fun realization that I had. Um, okay, so the luge is on there. What is this? Oh, ice hockey. That's cool. I do like ice hockey, but I don't um, like know that much about it. I mean, okay. Obviously, I know enough to be able to watch a game. But like one of my cousins, um, who I'm super, super close to when she was in college, she'd be up late at night doing homework and stuff. And like the only thing that was really on at that time was ice hockey. So she would put that on while she was doing homework and she became like this massive fan of hockey. And so now she knows like a ton about hockey and she still follows it. And it's been what, like, well, she would have been in college at the same time I did or I was. So when did I graduate from college? 2014 and I think I graduated the semester early so she would have finished in 2015 so like it's been like six years now five or six years since she finished and she's still super into it and loves it and that's cool I also have a nephew who plays ice hockey um 
which I think is awesome. I feel like if I could play any sport that I don't, like if I could play another sport that I haven't tried, because I've tried several sports as I've grown up, um, but ice hockey just seems so cool. I guess I was going to say if I could go back in time, I think I would want to have played ice hockey instead, but that's not true. I think I would have still chosen soccer because I really love soccer. But ice hockey, like, I just feel like they look so cool. The ice hockey stops are cool and they're just like doing all this fancy footwork and stuff. And like, I was going to say broom work, but I see a hockey stick, hockey stick, icy stick. Hockey stick work, right? Would you call it a stick? I don't know. Anyways, they're just fancy, and I like that. Um, Okay. Nordic combined is made up of ski jumping and cross-country skiing. So that's cool. Um, Ski jumping? Okay, ski jumping is terrifying to me. Like, I think it looks super cool, and I very much enjoy watching it. But, like, I could never in a million years do that. Like, if you want, if you put me on top of that hill, you slap some skis on my feet, and you put me on the top of that massive hill with this ramp, I would simply evaporate from fear. I would. I would just, I'd be gone. All you would find would be my shoes and those skis. (laughs) That's it. I would have just, much like Voldemort at the end of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two, how he just like turns into these weird little confetti dust strips and like just wafts up into the sky. That's what would happen to me. I would self-destruct because I just like, I'm not like massively, massively afraid of heights. (laughs) But I really don't like the feeling of falling. Like I said last week, roller coasters, I just don't like falling. And this whole sport is about falling and then jumping, yes, but then falling again. So, mm, not really my vibe, you know? But a lot of respect to the people who do it because you're insane. Speed skating is also super cool. I'm a big fan of speed skating. Their thighs are massive. Like, so massive. If you look at them, really, look at the thighs of speed skaters at this Olympics. First of all, I love a good thigh. Um, I'm definitely a quad person. When people skip leg day, I'm not a fan because I just like a shapely, a shapely leg, a shapely thigh, a shapely calf, all of that. I enjoy it very much. Um... Just like on anyone, aesthetically, but also on men, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, But yeah, like speed skaters have massive thighs and it's insane and also very impressive. And like, it makes sense. You're just like, I mean, you're like basically doing a squat the whole time. So it's, it's very impressive. Um, It, it made it sound like I was, I was like getting kind of like, what's the word? Not like emotional, but like my, my throat was just giving, my voice was giving out and it's because I need a drink of water, but I'm going to persist. I'm going to persist through this without a drink of water for right now. Um, I don't know why I could just pause this and get a drink of water, but 
I'm not feeling it right now. I just want to keep going, you know? I just can't be stopped. I'm just looking up the top Olympic speed skaters that will be at Beijing. It looks like there's a Dutch speed skater who has won four consecutive world all-round championships and nine Olympic gold medals. He won the gold in Vancouver 2010, Sochi 2014, and Pyeongchang 2018. So it's looking like he's probably going to win. Um, who's, what about the girls? Oh, also looks like, wow. Why are they so good? Um, it looks like the Netherlands, Netherlands has like the best, like the top three best skaters for the women's speed skaters are all from the Netherlands. So good for them. That's very impressive. And obviously that country, they know what they're doing when it comes to speed skaters. So anyway, I'm very excited for speed skating. Let me see. I think there was only like one other snowboarding. I didn't talk about snowboarding yet. I don't think I missed any of the other ones. Because, I mean, some of the events I probably didn't talk about. Because I think there are, like, for figure skating, there are multiple disciplines within that sport. Um, Because they've got, like, singles, pairs, men, women. And then they have, like, the short... Don't they have, like, short track and long? Not long track, right? Short, Short program, long program, don't they? Or is that... No, I think that's right. I think they still do that at the Olympics, right? And then they have, like, a team event and stuff. Anyway, so obviously there are, like, more things that go into each of those sports. There are multiple disciplines. But let let me just get into snowboarding because I love snowboarding. Well, watching snowboard. I have never snowboarded before in my life. It's not like I would be opposed to snowboarding. Like, I'm not actively avoiding it. I just have never really had the chance to go snowboarding and it also seems a little bit terrifying. So it's not like something that I really am like dying to do where I would like, hey, let me like actually set aside this time to learn how to do this, you know? But I enjoy watching people snowboard. Um, I think it looks really cool, but they do the, um, I hope they're still doing like the big air situation and the like half maybe I'm thinking of big air where you're like in like a half pipe type thing, you know? And then you go back and forth and do all these really cool tricks. I'm very excited if they do that. Is Sean White coming back? There's just this massive picture of Sean White. And I feel like he retired, didn't he? Didn't he? I'm looking that up because I love Sean White. Mostly because he's like the only snowboarder that I know. Um, but also because he has some really, really cool tricks. I just accidentally, do you know Sean White is dating, um, Elena from Vampire Diaries? So that's a fun fact for you guys. If you didn't know that already, he's been dating her for a while, I think. Um, did Sean White qualify for the 2022 Olympics? An American halfpipe snowboarder essentially punched his ticket to the 2020, oh, Sorry, I read ahead. Punched his ticket to the 2022 Beijing Olympics on a historic afternoon on Sunday's qualifier 
in Copper Mountain, Colorado. It wasn't Sean White. So look, why did you get my hopes up when I Google searched this? And then I just had to read ahead and see that I was not, that it wasn't correct. Um, I, oh, okay. So there's another qualifier that's taking place like this weekend, actually. Um, and so he might, so he can do that qualifier and he might get picked to go to Beijing. I guess they can only take like four people for snowboarders. So, but I mean, I guess they're not doing like a massive team thing. So maybe that makes sense. Um, hmm. Anyway, so I guess he might, if he can, he might try to go back this next time for the 2022 Olympics. He's 35, so that is kind of on the older. Whoa, he has the same birthday as me. I mean, I'm not 35, so a different year, but I did not know we were born the same day. That's so cute. Aw, Sean. Anyway, <laughs> um, so where was I? Yeah, he's 35, so he's kind of on the older end for an athlete anyway, um, which is sad because that's like not old, but you know, professional athletes don't really have a long time depending on the sport. So yeah, I would, I would be surprised, I guess, if you went back, but also I'd be happy because also now there are people who will be there that are like 14 and they'll be doing these amazing things and being like, Oh my gosh, I just won a gold medal. Great. Now I can't, I can't wait to go back to ninth grade and show everyone. Like they're so young and it just makes me realize that I did not have any big talents when I was a kid. These people had massive talents they're qualifying for the qualifying for the Olympics at like 16 and even younger in some sports. So anyway. All right. Uh Sean White and Nina Dobrev, I know you guys are all wondering. They've been dating since April 2020. At least like officially. So almost a year. Possibly already a year because they could have been dating, you know, for a little while before they went public, but anyway, good for them. Um was that all? <laughs> I feel like I thought that I should have more to say about snowboarding other than just briefly talking about Sean White. But like now, I just feel like I don't know what else to say. One month ago, look, this like there's this article. One month ago, the 30 youngsters to watch at, the Beige- at Beijing 2022. That makes me uncomfy. Like, how young are these people going to be? Okay, 2021, I can do that if they're in their 20s. 2022, 24. These, you know what? These make me feel great. They're all in their early 20s. So by youngsters, we're at least, oh, okay, there we go. I was going to say we're all at least still in the same, like, decade. But then I just got into figure skating. And it looks like there's a Russian figure skater who's 15. Which is not that surprising, to be honest. Um, I think that there's a lot of figure skaters between 15 and 20. Like, when they start making it to the Olympics, they're probably around that age. So I guess that's not that surprising, but still. There's a freestyle skier who's tw- who's 17. 
Wow, okay. This 17-year-old has won the first two Big Air World Cups of the season. Jeez, what would that feel like? (laughs) Also, there's an ice hockey player who's 17. He's Russian, and he's the youngest national team player in the history of Russia. So, good for him, I guess. Uh, Looks like... Most of them are around 20 to 25 in this article of like the youngsters to look out for. I mean, they're definitely all, there could be more young people there than just these ones. But I think these ones are the, the ones who are like, have done really well and have a very, very good chance of placing. So that's something. Um, Okay. I'm going to go to the schedule real fast and then I'm going to wrap this up. I want to just see what the vibe is when things are happening. I don't know why I said what the vibe is. I just want to see what the schedule is. Uh, so opening ceremony is the fourth. It looks like curling. There are event competitions even before that. The event competitions start on Wednesday for curling. Um, there's not going to be a medal ceremony until Tuesday the 8th. So it looks like that's when the finals for curling will be. I don't know for if it's men or women, but it looks like there will be a medal ceremony for curling on Tuesday the 8th, and then all the way at the end, 18th, 19th, and 20th, there will be three more medal ceremonies for curling. So they have things going every single day for curling, it looks like, either an event or um, a final competition. So, wow, they're going to be busy. Uh, It does look like the first event finals will be as soon as the next day. So Saturday the 5th, the day after the opening ceremony, they're going to have medal ceremonies slash, well, final events and then the medal ceremony of the biathlon, cross-country skiing, freestyle skiing, ski jumping, speed skating, and short track speed skating. Um, Which they have like, it looks like they're going to have final events because obviously they're like varying um, distances. That's the word I'm looking for. There are very varying distances and disciplines amongst those sports. Um, so they have like a lot like peppered throughout the month, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm sorry if this episode wasn't that funny because I'm mostly just excited and was just kind of also just educating myself on some of the sports that they're going to be having. Um, but I'm really excited for the Olympics because I love the, I also love the opening and closing ceremonies. Actually, mostly the opening. The opening is always really fun. Sometimes the closing is like a little bit more boring. And I feel like not as many people watch the closing ceremony as the opening. I feel like most people watch the opening just because, you know, they usually have a really great show. And you see all of the countries come in. You see how many athletes they have, which I actually always find very interesting. Um, and I also really like looking at their outfits. Um, there's always that shirtless guy from, look, I know I can just Google Olympic shirtless guy. Why do I want to say New Zealand? But I don't think that's true. Tonga? Yes. Tonga. Um, because I'm pretty sure he competes in both the summer and winter olympics which i think is very impressive and also like why does he have so much talent 
I'm a little angry about that. Um, cause he's a cross country skier, right? Yeah. He's an athlete in Taekwondo and cross country skier skiing. And he's a UNICEF ambassador and most motivational speaker that lives in Australia. So that's cool. He's six, four. So that's also a fun fact. Um, let's see, does he have a family? (laughs) Just for, just for curiosity's sake, you know? Um, he has six siblings. Wow. He grew up with his parents and six siblings in a one bedroom house. The, and the family then lost that one bedroom house in a tropical storm. So that's sad. Um, as an adult, he splits his time between his home nation and Australia. He's a UNICEF ambassador, spends his time working with homeless char- homelessness charities, um, including Sandgate House, which trains homeless children to ve- develop independent living skills. He also works to raise awareness for global warming, which threatens his island nation of Tonga and also the entire world. Um, so like props to him. He's a motivational speaker. He wrote a book in 2018. He published it. It's called the motivation station an essential guide to becoming your greatest version. Uh, he also was a speaker at the 2018 MIT solve. So that's cool. Oh my gosh. He has an engineering degree and as of 2016 is working on his master's degree He has also worked as a model beginning at age 18. So this man has like so many talents. Um, He goes to both the Summer and Winter Olympics. He is working on his master's degree. He's a model. He's a published author. He's a motivational speaker. You know, props to him. I don't know that he's meddled in anything. I'm not saying that judgmentally. I'm just looking into this. Um, yeah, he definitely has not medaled in the 2018 Olympics during the 15 kilometer skiing freestyle race. He came in 114th out of 119 skiers. So, you know, that's pretty, pretty down there, which like no disrespect. I would have been like definitely the last one and probably way, way, way far back. Um, even just to qualify for the Olympics is very impressive. But yeah, wow. Can't even imagine being able to do that many things. That sounds exhausting, quite frankly. But all right, I am at an hour, so I'm going to wrap up here. But um, tune in to the Olympics. I should get like an, I should like be like a sponsor for the Olympics. Do you think they need, do you think they need anyone to advertise for them? Um So anyways, at the Olympic committee, um, pay me for this whole podcast episode that I dedicated to you guys. Um, give me a little incentive and I'll, I'll do it for the next one as well. This is just me sending a message to the Olympic committee, just so we're all clear. But now this is me talking normally as Sarah to anyone listening, um, I hope that it's a great time for all of us. I'm very excited about it. I hope you are too. I hope that you find a way to tune in to the Olympics to watch at least some of the events. Um, Yeah, I guess if anything fun happens, maybe I'll comment on it later on. Probably not, but we'll see. Might get crazy and do so. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, 
This has been your weekly dose of serotonin. Bye.